Hello, this is Dr. Ed Hill, host of This Week in the Word, where we grow in our knowledge of the Word of God and our walk with Christ. I'm so happy you joined us in our podcast today. So we're going to talk about a very interesting topic today. I think you'll find this to be something that uh, you probably have been unaware of, probably most of you. But there is something called the doomsday clock. Have you ever heard of that? Maybe you have, maybe you haven't. Well, let me tell you what the doom clock is and isn't. As far as I know, there's not an actual clock anywhere, although there may have been a a mock-up or something at one time used that way. But actually, it um, it is a bulletin of the atomic scientists. That's how it's labeled. Now, I want you to know about this doomsday clock, although we're going to talk about others today. This doomsday clock, although it presents itself as very scientific and it's designed to scare you to death, it's really a political doomsday clock. And let me tell you why I say that. If you look that up, and I'm uh, doing this in uh, June of 2020, on what is today, the 28th of June, you'll probably have come up, if you Google this, you'll find a, a, um, a site that'll come up by the Bulletin of the Atomic Scientists, and the headline that came up for me from January 23rd, 2020, so this is this year, this was the headline, Closer Than Ever. It is 100 seconds to midnight. What is that? A minute and a half? Am I right on that? And the reason is they talk about nuclear and nuclear war and climate change. Woohoo! Are you worried? Nope. <laughs> Here's what I know after watching this for about 50 years, because this is not new, it's been around a long time. If Joe Biden and the leftists seize control of America, it will magically move back to about five minutes to midnight, where that's always been uh, the location and the timing of disaster, you know, for the last 50 to 60 years. Unless the Democrats and progressives lose control of the federal government in the United States, and then it's always moved up to like one minute to midnight. I mean, you could... I don't gamble, but if you did, you could gamble on that in Las Vegas and be a big winner every single time, dead solid perfect, guaranteed, because that's what it's for, is to scare people into making sure that only leftists are elected. So if President Trump wins re-election in November 2020, then they'll probably move it to like one second before midnight and spend four years terrorizing everybody that there's going to be nuclear war, climate change is going to kill us all, and it's just terrible, and you need to go back and elect progressives and leftists, and it'll be all right again. Now, some of you know what I'm talking about, and others of you, you millennials out there, you're saying, I just can't believe I'm hearing this. Listen, I wasn't born yesterday, and what I'm telling you is what I've seen. I have seen this for decades, and if you watch, whatever happens, what I said would follow from whichever way it goes, you will see that happen. It's just political. 
That's a political doomsday clock, and I've had fun talking about it. But I want to talk with you now about a global doomsday clock. And I want to read to you the words of the most famous person in world history. And I'm going to read these words from Matthew chapter 24, verses 1 through 42. I thought about just reading one verse only. But the more I read it, the more I realized that it it is very important at the time we're in in history. For if you don't know what I'm about to read, you need to hear this. In fact, you need to read it yourself. But if you don't have a Bible handy or cannot find it quick enough, it, it will be located in the Bible in the New Testament of the Christian Jewish Bible, and is it, it is in the, when the New Testament is the Christian part, at least that's the way a lot of people look at it, but it's the Bible that Jews and Christians use, but this is what Christians use. It's in the Gospel of Matthew. Now, in the New Testament, that's the very first book in the New Testament, and it's divided into chapters, and I'm saying it like this. I know many of you are saying, well, we know this. Many people listening do not know how to find something in the Bible. So I'm, I'm trying to help those of you who have never done this or don't do it a lot to find what I'm talking about. Don't take my word for it. I want you, uh, even if it's after you listen to the podcast, I want you to go read Jesus's words for yourself. Matthew 24, verses 1 to 42. I'm going to read all the way through this without comment. Now, bear in mind that he explains all of this literally, uh, I believe it's about a day or two before he goes to the cross, okay? So think about what people talk about in their last words and the last thing they want their family and friends to know. This was so important. These were some, this is the last sermon, so to speak, that Jesus Christ gave before his trials, his scourging, his crucifixion, his death, burial, and resurrection. So in Matthew 24, 1 to 42, and Jesus went out and departed from the temple, and his disciples came to him for to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said unto them, See ye not all these things? Verily I say unto you, there shall not be left here one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us, when shall these things be? And what shall be the sign of thy coming and of the end of the world. And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you, for many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. And ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that ye be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass but the end is not yet. For nations shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famines and pestilences 
and earthquakes in divers places. And all these are the beginning of sorrows. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you. And ye shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. And then shall many be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another. And many false cries shall rise and shall deceive many. And because of iniquity, and excuse me, and because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. When ye therefore shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet, stand in the holy place, whoso readeth, let him understand. Then let them which be in Judea flee into the mountains. Let him which is on the housetop not come down to take anything out of his house. Neither let him which is in the field return back to take his clothes. And woe unto them that are with child and to them that give suck in those days. But pray that your your flight shall not be, excuse me, but pray ye that your flight be not in the winter, neither on the Sabbath day. For then shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time, no, nor ever shall be. And except those days should be shortened, there should no flesh be saved. But for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. Then if any man shall say unto you, Lo, here is Christ, or there, believe it not. For there shall arise false Christ and false prophets, and shall show great signs and wonders, insomuch that, if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. Behold, I have told you before. Wherefore, if they shall say unto you, Behold, he is in the desert, go not forth. Behold, he is in the secret chambers, believe it not. For as the lightning cometh out of the east and shineth even unto the west, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For wheresoever the carcass is, there will the eagles be gathered together. Immediately after the tribulation of those days shall the sun be darkened, and the moon shall not give her light, and the stars shall fall from heaven, and the powers of the heavens shall be shaken. And then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven, and then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn, and they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he shall send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet, and they shall gather together his elect from the four winds, 
from one end of heaven to the other. Now, learn a parable of the fig tree. When his branch is yet tender and putteth forth leaves, ye know that summer is nigh. So likewise ye, when ye shall see all these things, know that it is near even at the doors. Verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass till all these things be fulfilled. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. But of that day and hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day that Noah entered into the ark, and knew not until the flood came and took them all away. And so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Then shall two be in the field. The one shall be taken and the other left. Two women shall be grinding at the mill. The one shall be taken and the other left. Watch therefore, for ye know not what hour your Lord doth come. What a sobering message from the Lord Jesus Christ. There is coming, he says, a global doomsday. There is a global doomsday clock, as it were. And the Lord Jesus Christ said that this time would be described as great tribulation. In fact, we call it the great tribulation, the last half of that seven-year tribulation period, the last 42 months, the last three and a half years before he physically returns to the Mount of Olives to not take sides, but to come to this earth and take over. And I see Jesus Christ as the only hope for this world. So we know that there is a a global doomsday that is predicted for this world. And we are starting to see, you might describe it as birth pains before the birth of the baby. You, you know that when there are earthquakes, there are often tremors before the great earthquake and even tremors after that. So the Lord warns us that there is a global doomsday coming there is a global doomsday clock. But I want to close out our podcast today by making this very, very personal, extremely personal for you. Just as there's a political doomsday clock and a global doomsday clock, there is a personal doomsday clock, your doomsday clock. I remember years ago when I was on staff at a church. The pastor and I were called out one night, later in the night, I think it was like eight or nine at night. We were called out one night to a home where death had visited. Now I had never seen what I'm about to describe to you. I had seen funerals before and I had seen death 
come to homes. But I'd never seen people weeping and wailing. It was audible. It was real. And it was moving. There was actual grief in that home. Very unexpectedly, this husband, this grandfather, this father had died apparently of a heart attack instantly. And as I think back on that night where for him there was no hope, I think to myself, that's what it sounds like when there's no hope. This man's wife and his grandson and possibly others from his family, I can't remember that, but they had all been attending our church briefly. And I don't think that that man was professing faith in Christ, as far as I know. I think his wife did, and I think even his grandson had come to Christ. But this man had not given his life to Christ, and that's why there was grief, because he had passed away in his sins. He and he alone would have to answer for his sins, and there's no hope of any person ever being able to do that. He was doomed. You face a personal doomsday. There is a doomsday clock for you personally. And if you are in the same spiritual position and condition of this man, if you were to pass away suddenly, you would have no hope, just as that family knew he was lost forever. In Hebrews 9, verse 27, we read these words. And as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this, the judgment. You see, if I'm trusting Christ as my Savior and Lord and I die, Christ is my attorney for my sins. He, he paid the price for my sins because I have a living, true, real faith and relationship with the living Lord Jesus Christ. My sins are accounted for in his death and his righteousness has been credited to my account. And it's like Jesus will say, Father, Ed is with me. <laughs> wow. I'm forgiven and I'm saved. I have no fear of death. And I want you to know, when I was a little boy, I feared death. I had a very conscious dread of death. But when I came to Christ, I no longer fear dying. Now, I'm not necessarily planning on dying today, but if I did, I don't fear that. Where are you? Are you like that father, grandfather, and husband in that home that as far as anyone knew was in a position of, of no faith in Christ? He made no claim to be a Christian. And if you died today, you would be in the same hopeless condition he's in. And as it is appointed unto men once to die, 
but after this, the judgment. You see, when we die in our sins without Christ, we face God as our judge because we have rejected and neglected the only way to be saved and forgiven, Jesus Christ. And we will face judgment and spend an eternity apart from God in a place prepared for the devil and his angels called hell. Now, I'm not going there because of Jesus. Where are you going? In Luke 12, the Lord Jesus Christ told a parable, a story. Listen to this story Jesus told. It's a story that has a spiritual meaning. In Luke 12, 16 to 20. Now, I don't want you looking for it right now. I want you to listen to the story Jesus tells. And he spake a parable unto them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully. And he thought to within himself, saying, What shall I do? Because I have no room where to bestow my fruits. And he said, This will I do. I will pull down my barns and build greater and there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said unto him, Thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then who shall those things be which thou hast provided? What a sobering thought that you could achieve the, the top of your ladder of success, become the CEO of your company, reach the rank of four or maybe even five-star general or admiral in our military. You could, you could achieve vast gabillions in wealth. And yet, if you died without Jesus, like the farmer in this story Jesus told, you would lose everything you thought you gained and you would not have what you truly needed, which is Jesus Christ as your Savior. Let me read that last verse again, that last part of the story. But God said unto him, Thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then who shall those things be which thou hast provided? You see, what the farmer failed to account for is he had no control over how long he might live and when he might die. And he seemed to be ignoring the fact that that could be at any time. But God knew that this was the night that his life would end. Now listen, not because he had earned all of that. That's not the point. The, the point is, from, a, from the world's standpoint, he had done well, and he had. 
But he just assumed that because he had a lot of wealth and possessions and things and a nice house and the pest control people, uh, you know, the weed control people kept a nice looking lawn out front and he drove the most technically advanced car on the market and everything was just good that everything was good. And the Lord said, there's just one problem. Tonight is the night you're slated to die. And for this, he had given no thought. Now you may die long before the rapture of the church or before the tribulation period comes to planet earth. You may never live to see the antichrist You may die today in a car accident. You may die tonight in your sleep by heart attack. You don't know. You have no idea. Many years ago, there was a student in one of our churches. Her name was Penny Veal. And I apologize, but I cannot remember her brother's name. But they were killed in a... a, tragic major car accident in the town in which our church was located. And it was sad. All of our hearts were broken. Everybody loved her and her brother. They had both come to Christ weeks before this major car accident took their lives. But with no warning, they were instantly gone. Now, at the funeral, I've never since ever seen so many high school students at a funeral. It was a massive crowd. She was well-liked and well-loved. Kids from our church, kids from her high school, her neighborhood, all of their extended families filled this cemetery but you know, even though we, we, our hearts were broken for her and her family in terms of this, this shocking, unexpected loss of brother and sister, our hearts were also comforted because we knew that Penny and her brother were with Jesus Christ. And one day we would see them again. We would be reunited with them again. And the pastor preached a wonderful message. And I trust that many of her high school friends also trusted Christ. I remember in my senior year in high school, Jack Johnson, a childhood friend, a church friend, and a friend in high school. He and all of, the, all of his friends in one car died on New Year's Eve, 1974, our senior year instantly. You know what, though, what comforted our hearts? Jack Johnson and his friends were trusting Christ. And so although we missed them, they were with Jesus. And that brought great comfort to our hearts. You know, that's the same thing about about both of these stories. They were Christians And because of Jesus Christ and their living faith and a living Lord, 
they were immediately in heaven and they await us now. Now, I want to ask you a question and I'm almost done. What if you died before this day is over? Or you're slated to die next week or next year or three years from now? You see, I believe when we're born, God knows when we'll die. What if that day is sooner than you could ever imagine? Where would you go? What would happen to you? What if with no warning, you instantly died? Would you instantly awake in heaven or hell? I want to pray with you right now. I can't get you saved and I can't give you a prayer that if you repeat it, you know, you just are like magically saved. If the Lord is dealing with your heart right now about the sin in your life and not only do you do sins, you are a sinner and that's the problem. You you do sins because at heart you are a sinner. Every, every person born into this world with the exception of the Lord Jesus Christ, every person is born a sinner. But the difference between me and you is not that I'm better than you, is that I came to the point, if, if, if you're not a Christian, maybe you are, and that's great, then we're on the same team. But if you're listening and you know you're not a Christian, or you kind of have some quasi-version of Christianity, but man, you know, you're not a Christian, you know it. Come on, get real. If you're not a Christian, and you're at the point where you know that you are going to have to answer for your sin, you and you alone, and you know that that will put you squarely in hell, you're getting to the point, you're right near the point where you can trust Christ as your Savior and Lord. But it's a life exchange, friend, where you die that he might live through you. And I mean, you, you, um, you die to what you want, the way you want to live, and you let him come into your life as your Lord and Savior. Hey, you're king, and he calls the shots from here on out. Doesn't mean you'll be perfect, but you know that you you have hit the wall and you know that if you were to die today, you will go to hell. You need to trust Christ. And if you were to pray something like this, I mean, truly from your heart, repenting of your sin and trusting in Jesus Christ as your living Savior and Lord, he'll save you. And it would go something like this. Lord Jesus, I, I agree with you. I am a hopeless sinner. I deserve an eternity in hell apart from you. But I know that you died on the cross for the sins of all that will trust you. I believe you died for my sins. I repent of my sin nature. I repent of my sins I want you to save me and I want your forgiveness of my sins and I want you to come into my life and take over my life and live your life through my life. I want to be a Christian. I'm asking you, Lord Jesus, to save me today 
and I believe in my heart that you are risen from the dead, and I confess you, Jesus Christ, as my Savior and Lord. Listen, friend, if you're praying something like that and it's really real and it's not just words, Jesus Christ will save you. I want to give you a phone number to call where you can get help if you have questions about this or you can get information to help you grow in your new faith in Christ. Here's the number. I'm going to say it twice. 888-537-8720. Call that Monday through Friday during business hours in America, and someone will help you with your faith in Christ, with wanting to become a Christian, or maybe you have just become a Christian and maybe you want to grow in your new faith in Christ, you'll need to find a good church, and you can also find help at that number, 888-537-8720. I'm thanking you right now for listening today. It has been my honor and my privilege to share with you from the Word of God. And I believe today that the Lord Jesus Christ has saved many of you who are listening and many of you are under conviction of your sin and you will soon be saved. Do not delay. We do not know if one more minute, one more hour, one more day is granted to us because we face a personal doomsday clock. Well, thank you again for listening. I'm asking you to please tell your friends, neighbors, family members, classmates, co-workers, teammates, everybody about this podcast. Tell them the easiest way to find it is just type in their search bar on their phone or their iPad, their laptop, or desktop, www.dredhill.podbean.com. That's D-R, no period after that. D-R-E-D-H-I-L-L dot podbean dot com. P-O-D-B-E-A-N dot com. It's one of the larger platforms for podcasts in the world today. We're also on Spotify, iHeartRadio Podcast, Google Play, Apple iTunes, and probably other places as well. God bless you today for listening. And may the Lord richly bless you is my prayer. Bye-bye.